You're going to love this. Just love it. Will you? Will you? Will you really? Delighted to be right here on KPFK, Pacifica Radio, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California, up on the Oregon Central Coast on KYAQ, 91.7 FM. And, of course, coast-to-coast and around the globe on kpfk.org, on the Stitcher app, on the TuneIn app, on the Progressive Voices channel, on TuneIn, on Netroots Radio, on on Indie Media Weekly, and, of course, now on iTunes. You can run, but you can't hide. This is your Bradcast. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen, investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow from bradblog.com here with you for another live broadcast and uh, we will if the radio gods are with us be taking some of your calls this afternoon at 818-985-5735 uh, for those of you who are inclined to get ticked off about things now is a good time to write down that phone number 818-985-5735 that's 818-985-KPFK We always put the ticked-off people at the front of the list when the calls come in. Uh, And you can also tweet me throughout the program. I am the Brad Blog. If you'd like to get into the program that way, we've got a lot to cover this afternoon. A hodgepodge of things. I don't really know where this show is going. We'll find out. Uh, And you may drive it as well with your calls if I have time for those. But we do have some breaking news here this afternoon as we go to air. Uh, Some good news. I always like to start the show with good news if I can ever find any. Found a little bit today. Uh, This just in. Federal judge strikes down California's death penalty. There's some good news for you. Uh, The U.S. District Court Judge uh, Cormac J. Carney handed down an order Wednesday finding that the system is arbitrary and in violation of the Constitution's Eighth Amendment restrictions against cruel and unusual punishment. He was talking about the California death penalty system. He wrote, uh, California's death penalty system is so plagued by inordinate and unpredictable delay that the death sentence is actually carried out against only a trivial few of those sentenced to death. He writes, for all practical purposes, then, a sentence of death in California is a sentence of life imprisonment with the remote possibility of death, a sentence that no rational legislature or jury could ever impose. 
He writes that inordinate and unpredictable delay has resulted in a system in which arbitrary factors, rather than legitimate ones like the nature of the crime or the date of the death sentence, determine whether an individual will actually be executed, and it has resulted in a system that serves no penological purpose. Such a system, Judge Carney found, is unconstitutional. Now, uh, an analysis uh, recently by the L.A. Times found that the state spent $308 million on each execution. And this is one of those uh, zombie myths that goes on and on uh, that, uh, oh, we, we, uh, you know, we, we can't afford to keep these people in prison for life. We need to kill them. A, the state shouldn't be killing anyone. We shouldn't be in the business of killing anyone. But the fact of the matter is that uh, putting them to death costs way more, way more, anywhere from three to five to ten times more, depending on which study you read, uh, costs way more to put them to death than to keep them alive and in prison. I should also note here uh, in this good news, this federal judge striking down California's death penalty today. The good news is also that Judge Carney was nominated for the federal bench in 2002 by George W. Bush. So I guess he's one of George W. Bush's uh, activist judges legislating from the bench, right? Okay. There's some good news. We may have a bit more for you uh, coming up as we move forward. Some good news out of Mississippi, some crazy news out of Mississippi, and some Ann Coulter news maybe out of Mississippi. Uh, plus, Desi, jo Desi Doyen will join us as usual for the latest Green News report and much more as usual. This week, I this week I will speak to, I will rant to, speaking of zombie myths, the persistent zombie myths that uh, myth that scientists all predicted the globe was going to cool back in the 1970s, that they predicted a new ice age. I will try, we'll see if I succeed, to uh, put that nonsense to rest once and for all. Plus, also in the Green News Report today, uh, Rupert Murdoch bears his climate change denialism for all to see. <sighs> Coincidentally, the least, uh, the less we do, I should say, about global warming, the more money Rupert and everyone who works with Fox actually makes. And, of course, that's what this is all about. That's what the entire global warming denialism industry is all about. It's not about the economy. It's about making money for a few lucky people who happen to uh, be a part of the fossil fuel industry, the most profitable industry in the history of the nation. 818-985-5735 is our phone number if you'd like to line up. But first... We move to Missouri, where Missouri's Democratic governor, Jay Nixon, had an opportunity to encourage people to quit smoking, and he didn't take it. In fact, he actually made a choice to help encourage people to continue smoking this week, despite the fact that the deadly habit kills nearly half a million people in the U.S. alone each year. On Monday... Governor Nixon of Missouri vetoed Senate Bill 841. While that legislation would have restricted the sale of nicotine vaping products, those are e-cigs, I call them vaping because they uh, vaporize nicotine, uh, it would have restricted the sale of uh, nicotine uh, vaping products such as e-cigarettes to minors. It would have required sellers to receive a license from the state, but it also exempted 
The non-lethal devices and products, which are becoming very popular as a method to quit smoking, it exempted those devices from existing laws and taxes levied against harmful tobacco products. So uh, they want to charge more. They want to tax people for a product that will save their lives uh, because they are under the mistaken impression that it's like smoking cigarettes. It, it, this is just insane. And I've talked about this on this program before. Uh, I, and, of course, it's personal to me, I should disclose here, because I was a heavy smoker for decades, really, uh, until uh, e-cigs came along and I was able to quit Overnight. So the sort of dangerous short-sightedness we're seeing from people, largely Democrats, like Governor Jay Nixon out in Missouri, is not unusual. Earlier this year on this program, we had uh, Democratic L.A. City Council member Paul Koretz uh, on the air the day after his bill to ban vaping in places where cigarettes are also banned was unanimously approved by the L.A. City Council. That ordinance bars the use of devices of, of the uh, vaping devices at farmers markets, parks, recreational areas, beaches, indoor workplaces, bars, nights, clubs, uh, so forth, and outdoor dining and so forth. Koritz, at the time we had him on the show, he was unable to cite any actual evidence of any actual e-cigarette dangers. In fact, the science to date shows quite the opposite. And he pretty much admitted uh, as much during our conversation. At the end of the conversation, uh, he described what he, he called a 99% possibility that vaping is much safer than smoking. And yet he voted to ban e-cigs. Madness. Uh, he objected to my description of the bill uh, as dangerous, despite the documented use of vaping by millions to quit smoking. Recent studies have shown that vaping is even more effective than any other smoking cessation device, including nicotine patches, nicotine gums, nicotine inhalers, you know, all of those devices that are approved by the FDA and that are backed by Big Pharma, that Big Pharma makes a lot of money on. Those were okay. If you want to get your nicotine that way, that's fine. But uh, get it in an enjoyable way via a, uh, uh, an e-cig. We can't have that. Of course, this is, uh, that, that's Democrats and the Democrat in uh, Missouri, uh, Jay Nixon. Uh, we see a lot of Democrats, people who call themselves public health advocates, who are making it harder for people to quit smoking. It is insane. And I have read the science. I read all of these studies, the actual studies, not the crappy reports put forward by the New York Times and AP and everybody else. The actual studies. And just about every single one of these studies, well, they all say, A, it is safer than cigarettes, but B, they don't find any health dangers. So why would we not be encouraging people to use e-cigs? Why? Let me know. 818-985-KPFK. It's not just Democrats, of course. Chris Christie, Republican governor of New Jersey... Uh, is calling for a massive sin tax on e-cigarettes. Most absurdly, his state treasurer is claiming that their main concern is public health. Is it really? Is it really, Chris? 
After the uh, L.A. ban on e-cigs was adopted, I uh, cited over at Bradblog.com uh, Charles Connor, who was a former president and CEO of the American Lung Association. He described that proposal as, quote, misguided because it would do a public health disservice, discouraging smokers from switching to less harmful e- uh, electronic cigarettes that do not combust tobacco and therefore do not create secondhand smoke. Charles Connor, again, former president and CEO of the American Lung Association, says e-cigarettes are a fundamentally different product from combustible tobacco cigarettes should not fall under the same rules and restrictions. Rather, we should encourage current smokers to move down the ladder of risk by implementing regulations that recognize these differences. He adds that taking the measures... Uh, to restrict e-cigs before there was reasonable evidence of health concern, quote, is to ignore an opportunity to save millions of smokers from a lot of harm. Now, of course, this is not a public health show. We don't, uh, you know, cover public health shows uh, issues a lot. But I think this is an important one because I can tell what's happening already is that the the idea is taking hold uh, that there is something terrible, there's something wrong, there's something harmful about e-cigs because when you put them in your mouth, they kind of look like cigarettes, some vapor comes out, it's not smoke, it's vapor. And uh, gosh, that's a terrible thing. It looks like smoking, so it must be bad. And we must stop the kids. We must protect the children by ensuring that smokers continue smoking rather than quitting with e-cigs. Any, any restriction right now on e-cigs, I would argue, is dangerous and is a health hazard and is ill-considered. And the people doing it and the people passing these restrictions and adding these taxes um, need to be held accountable. So that's what I'm going to try to do with my little microphone as much as I can and my little blog as much as I can whenever I can. I have been meaning to get to this for some time. <clears throat> this happened in, uh, in May. 53 leading scientists sent an open letter to the World Health Organization urging them to not treat e-cigs like tobacco products. These top scientists described vaping, vaping as, quote, part of the solution in the fight against smoking. They said that, quote, these products could be among the most significant health innovations of the 21st century, perhaps saving hundreds of millions of lives. Now, when you've got progressives, when you've got Democrats who claim to be public health advocates, and you've got all of these scientists uh, saying that uh, these products could be the most significant health innovation of the 21st century, saving hundreds of millions of lives. How angry are we appropriately when somebody is unnecessarily killed, when we go to war over lies in Iraq, when we go to war over anything? And people are killed. And here we've got the opportunity to save, as the scientists say, quote, perhaps hundreds of millions of lives. The scientists go on to write the urge to control and suppress these products as tobacco products should be resisted. Regulators should support should should avoid support for measures that could have the perverse effect of prolonging cigarette consumption They write in their open letter, policies that are excessively restrictive or burdensome on lower-risk products can have the unintended consequences of protecting cigarettes from from competition, from less hazardous alternatives, and cause harm as a result. As if speaking directly 
to Chris Christie and to Governor Jay Nixon in Missouri and to the L.A. City Council. These highly regarded scientists told the World Health Organization that, quote, it is inappropriate to apply legislation designed to protect bystanders or workers from tobacco smoke to vapor products. There is no evidence at present of material risk to health from vapor emitted from e-cigarettes. None. Quote, tobacco harm reduction is strongly consistent with good public policy. That's tobacco harm reduction. Strongly consistent with good uh, public health policy and practice, and it would be unethical and harmful to inhibit the option to switch to tobacco harm reduction products, say these 53 leading scientists to the World Health Organization. Nonetheless, it seems that elected officials... Democrats out here in Los Angeles to Missouri to Republicans in New Jersey uh, want to do the bidding, apparently, of either Big Tobacco or Big Pharma, who are perfectly happy to approve their uh, costly devices to inhale nicotine uh, as long as it's one of their devices, as long as it's a, a nicotine inhaler put out by a Big Pharma. But if you and I want to be free, free from tobacco... Uh, it's just crazy. But tell me why I'm crazy, if you want. Tell me what I'm missing. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Um, all right, let's move to Mississippi here. Uh, this, uh, well, <laughs> uh, how should I do this? Should I, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do this before I go here. Um, I'm going to get to – I was in North Carolina. I was on a, uh, a radio show in North Carolina, found some interest – had an interesting caller. I want to play that call before we get to a break here. Um, but I've been covering Mississippi, this uh, Republican primary that's going on down there between uh, a an establishment senator, Senator Thad Cochran. And uh, he's a six-term Republican senator and his challenger, Chris McDaniel. They had a primary runoff. On June 24, after neither of them got more than 50 percent during the initial primary on June 3rd. So on June 24th, they had a primary runoff. Everyone thought that Chris Daniel, the Tea Party supported uh, challenger, was going to win. Turns out it was Thad Cochran, the six term Republican incumbent, who won. And now Thad Cochran. I'm sorry. And now Chris McDaniel is thinking about challenging this race. He's claiming there was all kinds of fraud going on that. Uh, uh, Senator Cochran had called out Democrats and, God forbid, black Democrats, and that they voted illegally in the Republican primary runoff. Um, we'll see about that. I haven't seen a lot of impressive evidence, but Ann Coulter has, and she says, it's crazy. You can't challenge this election. That nobody, uh, nobody in their right mind would challenge uh, this election in Mississippi. That it does no good to question fraud in elections. Voter fraud, election fraud, that you'll be tarred as a sore loser. Well, I wrote about this at bradblog.com and over at Salon this week. And I got to say, I think I've had more traffic coming from Salon from this story about Ann Coulter than I have had on any story uh, that I've written over there in, at Salon in months. But you'll have to go look up the details yourself. I'll give you just a couple of them because I think there's a reason you should know. Speaking of zombie myths, we're killing all kinds of zombie myths today. There's a reason you should know that uh, Ann Coulter doesn't want people to look into uh, 
election fraud, voter fraud. We've talked about it on this show before, but uh, we can't talk about it enough. And that is the fact that Ann Coulter is a voter fraud criminal. That's right. Back in 2005, she moved down to Palm Beach County. She signed up. She registered to vote. She put in her... um, She put in her registration and she included the address of her real estate agent instead of her own address. And then she signed it. She signed the oath on the bottom of the registration affirming that the information was true. Remember, she used to be an attorney, constitutional attorney and culture. She signed it uh, next to the line which says, I understand that if it is not true, I can be convicted of a felony of the third degree and fined up to $5,000 and or imprisoned for up to five years. We've uh, long been reporting that at bradblog.com, her uh, voter fraud. She lied on her registration form, and then when she went to vote, she was told, oh, you're in the wrong precinct. You don't, uh, you wouldn't vote here, not based on your registration. Oh, really? Where would someone, based on my registration, vote? Oh, down at that other precinct. So she then knowingly went to the other precinct, the precinct where her real estate agent may live, but not where Ann Coulter lives. Another crime. Uh, She also lied on her driver's license down there. And then later on, I found after breaking a lot of these reports and including all of this documentation, later on, I found that she was also voting in Connecticut previously while living in New York for years and years and years. Um, Oh, using her parents' addresses. This was like a 40-year-old woman who was living in a condo in New York City And she was still voting at her parents' house, I would argue, illegally. That case was uh, decided by the uh, Connecticut State Election Board that, oh, well, she had an intention. She might move back. She's still sort of kind of related to Connecticut. So we're not going to hold her guilty of fraud there. Uh, In the uh, Florida case, it's too detailed to get into how she got off the hook of that one. She has admitted that she uh, broke these laws, but she was never charged with a crime. She called in her boyfriend, literally her boyfriend her ex-boyfriend who worked at the FBI to help her get off that hook. It went on and on and on until, what do you know? Oh, the statute of limitations had run out. So she got off the hook. But you can check out all of that material at bradblog.com slash fraud. Bradblog.com slash fraud. You can see all the documents and everything else. So I would argue there is a reason why Ann Coulter may not want to talk about voting fraud. At the same time, as we have spoken about for years on this show, of course, the Republicans are out there lying about uh, voter fraud, claiming that there's this uh, epidemic of voter fraud that requires photo ID restrictions at the polling place. And of course, uh, there is little or no uh, voter uh, voter fraud, impersonation fraud at the polling place that would be deterred by photo ID. In fact, uh, recently there was a study done of all 50 states, all election complaints, cases uh, that were made about voter fraud, and they found exactly 10 cases going back to 20 uh, to 2000. So in more than 10 years, going back to 2000, in all 50 states, in all elections, they found just 10 cases, 10 cases of in-person impersonation that might have been deterred, might have been deterred by polling place photo ID. Other than that, it is simply meant to keep Democratic-leaning voters from being able to cast their vote. So I was talking about that on a radio station in uh, North Carolina this week. 
uh, with Alan Handelman. It was the Alan Handelman show. He's on uh, WSJS in North Carolina. Uh, he usually covers music, rock and roll and stuff. But once a month he has me on. We talk about politics. Uh, and I go out there and uh, tell the truth to these people who are starved for truth in North Carolina. Alan used to be on the big, uh, right in the middle of the dial, the big clear channel owned blowtorch station. Of course, he was run off of there. Now it's all right wing uh, liars uh, giving people in North Carolina BS, which is a shame because right now. Uh, in North Carolina, as we discussed on last week's show, uh, there is a federal challenge to the worst voter suppression law in uh, in this nation, the worst one since Jim Crow. Uh, that is being challenged in federal court. It includes photo ID, shortening uh, uh, early voting, all sorts of things that uh, Republicans are trying to do all over the country. They're all in that one package that was passed in North Carolina that's now being challenged. Well, I talked a little bit about that on the show and about other hoaxes that are ongoing, like the IRS nonsense, the uh, pretend scandal there. Um, and a caller called in, a, a right-wing caller, someone who had identified themselves as a right-winger. And uh, I'm going to try to post the whole call uh, at bradblog.com, but we edited it down to just a few minutes here. It was an interesting call. And uh, so let me let me play a, a cut from that. And what happens when someone shows up in North Carolina to give actual information on our public airwaves? You know, the kind of thing that you hear right here on Pacifica Radio. But most people in the country apparently don't have access to. Well, I, I'm in my early 30s. And honestly, I, I called up thinking that I disagreed with them. And it. Turns out, I never realized that voter ID fraud had not been proven. Really? Oh, this is great, Jay, because this is what I'm always concerned about, is that there are people out there thinking that there's evidence for something that doesn't even exist. And you were, you're one of those people. Yeah, and it, it's weird because I, I pay attention to a lot of politics. Uh, it seems some of the politics, I just fear it and think how could they say that and it wouldn't be true or somebody's hiding something. It, it's just, I, but my compliments to Mr. Freeman, normally people don't change my opinion that quick. Jay, what's your, uh, thanks, really appreciate you calling in and, and saying that. What is your, uh, what would you consider is your main uh, news source that, you know, that sort of gave you the impression that there was this uh, voter fraud going on at the polling place? Uh, I'd say radio. Um, BBC Network and Fox. Yeah, well, I, I don't think BBC is lying to you, but I do know that talk radio, right-wing talk radio, and Fox, and, and by the way, this has nothing to do with my politics. This is about the fact that they are simply lying to people. That, you know, Fox News is not an actual news organization. It's a political organization. There, there's some group, a group of folks out there who have an interest in lying to you, in not telling you the truth about these uh, about these policies, I, I agree completely with that, and and that's why it surprised me. Just to, I feel like I'm pretty intelligent when it comes to politics, and for it to come out that it was never proven, just it, it really kind of hurts my my uh, my pride, I guess, a little bit. And I'm afraid that there's a lot of people who are like who were like you that if they hear something on MSNBC or 
if they read it at, at bradblog.com or the New York Times, it's the liberal media, so we can't believe that. They're lying. That, that, that's, that's probably why you didn't listen to the other side, maybe, Jay. Right? I, I try to listen to both. And that, that's why it surprised me after listening to Mr. Freeman. I, I try to listen to both of them. And uh, on some of the topics, I have no idea who's telling the truth there because I don't trust either one of them or any of the news organizations. This is not about slanting uh, the news one way or another. Uh, you know, if you watch NBC, uh, MSNBC, yes, they obviously they slant towards uh, Democrats and they try to put them in, in a positive light most of the time. But they don't lie to you. Right. Fox News lies to you. You shouldn't feel bad, Jay. The, the fact of the matter is, and, and nobody else should either, the, the fact of the matter is what Fox News is doing, it's run by Roger Ailes. It was you know, the, the former communications director for Richard Nixon who had long talked about creating a Republican news network. Fox News is the most effective and sophisticated propaganda outfit perhaps in the history uh, certainly of the nation, but perhaps in the history of the world. I mean, they are really, really good at what they do. They make it fun to watch. They make, uh, you know, it, it makes people uh, you know, outraged when they hear stuff. It sounds and looks a lot like news, but it is not. It is propaganda. It is meant to manipulate people like Jay. You should be mad about it. But you shouldn't be, uh, you know, you shouldn't be beating up yourself about it because that's exactly what that uh, organization is meant to do. Yes, it is. That's what Fox News does. It is a, not a, a news organization. It is a political organization, and it is the most effective propaganda organization in the history of the country, perhaps in the history of the world. That was uh, my appearance earlier this week on WSJS with Alan Handelman when the caller Jay uh, uh, rang in to be mad. And then before he got on the air, he was uh, he was kind of sad because uh, he had learned that he had been lied to. You are not being lied to here on the broadcast. Our phone number, but if you think you are, feel free to give me a call. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. If you'd like to talk about that, about Fox News, about e-cigs, and uh, how we have this uh, great health innovation that is being kept down by Democrats, uh, federal judge striking down the California death penalty, uh, or this before we go to break a little bit. Well, we'll finish with some good news. This is good news uh, as we go to break. Today, Southerners for the Freedom to Marry announced Mayor David Garcia of Waveland, Mississippi, supports marriage for same-sex couples. He's the first mayor in Mississippi to do so and is among a number of mayors in southern states who back freedom and dignity for all loving couples and their families. Southerners for the Freedom to Marry, a project of Freedom to Marry, works for, to bring uh, marriage for same-sex couples to the South. The president of Freedom to Marry said, quote, more same-sex couples are raising children in Mississippi than in any other state. And these children need the legal protection and respect for their families that marriage provides just as much as any other kid. The uh, mayor, Mayor David Garcia, said, uh, quote, As mayor of the city of Waveland, Mississippi, I understand that the strength and health of our cities are, are enhanced when all families are protected and supported. We know how many people in loving and committed same-sex relationships who are 
active participants in improving our communities, and we've seen how important marriage has been for them and their families. Because I believe in fairness for all American families. I support the freedom to marry for same-sex couples willing to take on that commitment. Why isn't every Republican, every man, woman, child who considers themselves to be a conservative out there on the front lines? fighting for equality for all. All of those people who pretend to support the Constitution, here is your chance. Oh, you can also end the death penalty, too, because that is also in violation of the U.S. Constitution. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. We are going to hit a quick break, and then we're going to come back with much more of your broadcast right here on KPFK. KPFK invites all listeners to its next Town Hall community event on Sunday, July 27th from 2 to 6 p.m. The location is at the Chuco Youth Justice Center at 1137 East Redondo Boulevard in Inglewood. The center is located three blocks west of Crenshaw Boulevard, corner of West Boulevard, just north of West Florence Avenue. Metro buses 125 and 186 can also get you there. Free parking is across from the center. Pacifica KPFK celebrates its 55th year birthday of non-commercial radio broadcasting. You are invited to celebrate with us, meet station management, programmers, local station board members, enjoy a fun event program with music, poetry, cake, balloons, and much more. That's Sunday, July 27th, 2 to 6 p.m. at the Chuco Youth Justice Center. KPFK is powered by you, the people. Right down to it, right here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. Let's open up the phones, 818-985-5735, before we bring Desi Doyen on for some green news. Hey, Andrew in Hollywood, welcome to the Bradcast. What's on your mind, sir? Oh, Andrew. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm on the other line. Uh, regarding. Do, uh, do you want me to hold, Andrew, till you're off no. the other? Oh, okay. <laughs> Regarding cannabis, uh, two comments, perhaps. Uh, First of all, with the e-cigarettes and vaping, uh, probably people know that uh, vaping is very popular amongst cannabis users and pretty much eliminates the risks of inhaling the smoke. And maybe that's that's one of the angles, is uh, keeping the cannabis users out of, um, you know, more places doing their, their, their... legitimate thing that we can do in California. Well, I haven't heard anyone uh, talk about that, at least any of these legislators who are talking about banning it and restricting it. Um, that that may be a part of it, uh, although it's kind of an odd one since at the same time they're lifting restrictions on cannabis. So, uh, you know, why they would want to risk keeping people smoking is beyond me. Blows my mind, is insane. 
and I feel like I have to talk out about it. So right on. Um, another thing is um, this is uh, maybe a big can of worms. Um, I don't know if you want to go here. Let's try. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't want to go there. <laughs> Actually, I have no idea where you're going. So sure, go go there. I'll try and be quick. Uh, with uh, cannabis, um, the uh, cannabis is sacrament to uh, as part of the Rastafarian um, ceremony. It's a sacrament, just like alcohol is a sacrament in the Christian tradition. In Religious church. freedom. Religious freedom. Right. Hobby Lobby. Why aren't and the Rastafarians in the Supreme Court right now demanding that their religious freedom be respected? Well, it's actually done. Yeah. Um, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, they already went there, and yep. the Ninth Circuit Court ruled that Rastafarian is a legitimate religion in this country, and cannabis is a sacrament, mm-hmm. and we have a right to use it in our ceremonies. So federally, if you are part of a uh, Rastafarian ceremony and using cannabis as sacrament, you are legal to use it. Good luck. Good luck with that uh, in, in places where they don't allow it. Also, the uh, back, was it, I think, 1996 case uh, in the Supreme Court, uh, it was, it's just amazing because uh, Antonin Scalia at the time, uh, it was his decision, I believe, um, talking about a case where uh, some employees wanted to use peyote as part of their uh, sincerely held religious belief. And at the time, Scalia said, well, we can't do that, because where does it end? Anybody can claim anything as a religious, uh, sincerely held religious belief. Well, here's where it ends. It ends in 2014, when now they have a, uh, a, a majority on the court that has gone so far off the right wing that they want to, uh, in the Hobby Lobby case, uh, decide that owners, that the corporations have religious freedom. People don't, but apparently corporations do. It's insane. Uh, hey, Andrew, I appreciate your call, my friend. Uh, let me go to uh, Ron in... Re- oh, where was that call about? Somebody was calling in to say MSNBC is the same as Fox. Where are they? We lost them? Oh, that's too bad. I always like to talk to those people. Ron in Redlands, welcome to the broadcast. What's up, Ron? Hey, Brad. I, I uh, <clears throat> actually wanted to, to ask you a question about a group of Americans that I think are kind of falling into a black hole, for lack of a better term. And what I mean is that there are people like, I wonder how many there, there are like me who, for instance, uh, generally would probably align themselves with very progressive uh, uh, views politically. But there are things that make me uh, uh, look like a conservative in terms of my views. Yeah. I, and and I, it, it worries me that there are people on either side that are lockstep with whatever the political dogma is. And what about these people? What are, who catches those people politically that, are, that have views that are on both sides? And I would think that that political bipolarism would be, that's indicative of a free mind, is it not? Well, I, I would say it is. I'm not sure which uh, specifically which people you're talking about. Now, if you're talking about, you know, people who are strictly uh, partisans, uh, Democrats, you know, you've got these Obama bots who will suddenly, you know, who were decrying George Bush for all his violations uh, of the Constitution and all his spying and everything else. But now that Obama's doing it, oh, well, he's just keeping us safe. If that's what you're talking about, those are partisans. Those are Democrats. Then you got Republicans. Uh, and the Republicans... Uh, you know, we'll say anything to support Republicans, but there is nothing you can be a conservative and a progressive. These things are not opposites. Remember Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. 
was a Republican. Then he went on to found the uh, the Progressive Party. He was the guy who busted up the trusts and the corporations. So if that's the sort of person you're talking about, um, then that's who you are. Then you you know you're fighting for what's right, not for any particular uh, political party. In which case, Brad, you've come to the right that's show. Absolutely, that's absolutely where I'm at. And and what I'm what I'm asking you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I look. I'm deferring to you. I'm yeah. saying, where do, where does that person, where does that person go politically? Who's representing that person? Uh, I, apparently, I am Ron. <laughs> That's it. Hey, Ron, I got to get to some other calls. You're absolutely right. Uh, keep, keep fighting the good fight, uh, and uh, p- pick a political party of your choosing, or make one up and uh, make them listen to what you have to say. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate Thanks. it. Let me go to uh, Nicole in uh, Los Angeles. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, uh, thanks. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks. What's up? Um, I wanted to uh, comment about the e-cigarettes. My sister, uh, she was um, smoking the e-cigarettes, and then her husband was against it, so he made her stop, and then she tried a pill called Santix to stop smoking, and it caused her to kill herself. And I don't know if a lot of people know about that drug, Santix. So she... So this was... uh... He 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 wouldn't let her use e-cigs. Didn't want her to use e-cigs, and she went to a a, a big pharma-approved uh, drug to try to quit smoking, and she ended up killing herself. Yeah. Yeah. That that drug makes people want to kill other people and themselves. Okay, I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate your call, Nicole. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot of really, really, really dangerous drugs that are perfectly allowable, that are made by big pharma, that they make a lot of profits on, that these Democrats get a lot of money, uh, you know, from these companies, and yet something uh, perfectly safe, as far as we know, perfectly safe. They are going to the wall uh, to keep people from being able to use and keeping them smoking, and uh, it. It's 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 madness. It's mad, and they're pretending it's is to protect the children. Uh, you know, uh, one of these. I'm going to have to ask one of these people who are against these things at one point. I'm going to ask them, hey, if you had a choice, would you prefer that every man, woman, and child in the country used e-cigs, or would you prefer that the people who are currently smokers stay smoking? Love to know the answer to that question. Let me go to uh, oh eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five eight one eight nine eight five KPFK. Desi, stay on deck. We're going to get to you uh, and the green news uh, momentarily. Let's see if we can grab a few more calls. Janice in Hawthorne, uh, welcome to the broadcast. Hi there. Hi there. I'm glad to make your acquaintance. I've been listening for a while. I think you're great, and uh, I wanted to say that the Pope made a good statement about the environment, yes. uh, referring to creation, and I just thought that, that uh, we need to echo it, because somehow it didn't come across enough, and, uh, you know, a lot of our uh, Christian brethren don't seem to want to 
I haven't heard anyone uh, repeating that. So I just think we need to kind of harp on that a little bit. And uh, also, um, I'm so happy. Did you get off of smoking, and uh, you're, are, or are you still vaping, or whatever it's called? Well, I'm I'm still vaping, but I'm completely off of smoking. I haven't had a cigarette in about a year and a half. I've okay. quit overnight thanks to vaping. Well, I'll hang up, and you take care. Bye bye. Thanks, Janice. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, the uh, the Pope has been good on this and on the environment, and we will in. Uh, the Green News report coming up shortly uh, have some uh, thoughts not on the Pope, but on a huge, huge Christian uh, evangelical Christian organization who is doing the right thing for the environment. That's coming up uh, straight ahead. See if I can get in another quick call or two before we bring in Desi C2 in Los Angeles. Welcome to the broadcast. What's up, C2? Yeah, how you doing? Listen, I've never heard your broadcast before, but I've heard Why not? from what? the Tom Hartman what? show, right? You, you what? I'm sorry. I've heard excerpts from the Tom Hartman show uh, uh, broadcast. Uh, okay. Okay. And uh, listen, uh, so? every radio station that I've ever heard, every TV station that I've ever heard, every newspaper that I've ever uh, read, basically lies and slants the news. Now, you've got someone from a small town in Mississippi that says Mississippi has the largest number of same-sex marriages of any state in the country? No. No, that's what... Now, you didn't say that, but you read that. No, actually, I didn't read that either. What I read was that, more quote, more same-sex couples Uh are raising children Uh in Mississippi Uh than in any other state. That's according to Evan uh, Wolfson, the president of Freedom to Marry. Right. Now, you know Mississippi has a very small population, don't you? Compared to California, sure. uh, compared to yeah. New York, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Now, uh, doesn't that raise, doesn't that, uh, raise some uh, yeah. doubt in your mind? It does, it? yeah. Okay, you know, uh, I don't believe it. Okay. You know? Well, uh, we're, I, and I don't, I don't blame you. We, we need to look it up. Uh, this statement just came in, and you're right. It did. It caught my eye. That's why I highlighted it here to read it. Uh, on air, and uh, we we will look into it and find out. But we are not lying to you. We are telling you that this is what Evan Wolfson said of the freedom to marry. We are not trying to deceive you. That's what they do on Fox News, not here. after that caveat, doesn't that sound kind of ridiculous? We need to investigate that. We do, and we will. Well, I mean, that's what I wanted to hear you say. Oh, I'm happy to. Always happy to see too. And uh, we, I will try to do that. Uh, as a matter of fact, we'll, we'll, well, we'll get on that. We will get on that very soon. Thanks, C2. I appreciate that. Uh, always good to hold my feet to the fire. Let's go to uh, last call here. Greg in uh, where? In Van Nuys, I think. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, yeah, um, I heard you talking about e-cigarettes yeah. earlier, and uh, I'm, I disagree with you. They market them heavily to children. That's why the city council doesn't wants to clamp down on them. I mean, do you know any adults that like chocolate flavored cigarettes? Uh, yeah, me. Or raspberry. Me. Yeah, or, me. That's kitty porn stuff. No, it's actually it's it's actually delicious. I have uh, I have uh, chocolate chip. Yeah, I have right, chocolate chip uh, ice cream flavor e-cigs. It's fine. delicious. Why, why don't they? Why don't they market them in, say, roast beef? Okay, that sounds that sounds kids. that sounds delicious. Right here, I'm enjoying a Kona Velvet uh, Kona Velvet milkshake uh, e-cig right now. It's delicious. And by the way, what's the problem with uh, kids using it? I'm not arguing in favor of it, but what what's your concern about kids uh, using e-cigs? It's chemicals. I gave birth to seven children. I don't want any more chemicals in them. So you don't allow them to drink soda, I guess, right? 
They drink soda. What? Okay. That's chemicals. You're allowing yeah, your kids to drink soda? Hey, Why isn't that banned? Fight fight. You fight the fight, you okay. can fight. Uh, well, oh, so we can fight the fight because people who are smokers have no representation, so the hell with them. Actually, they do. Yeah. Actually, they do. Okay. All I'm saying is, is that the people who manufacture the e-cigarettes should not put them front and center and make them uh, in flavors that are attractive to children. Well, Sorry. okay. Uh, th- that's okay, Greg. You don't have to uh, apologize. Look, I, like I appreciate your... Too. Listen, I appreciate... I like sweets, too. I don't drink. Uh, I like sweets. I appreciate okay? your thoughts. A recent study uh, came out. It was an independent study. It was funded, I should add, by one of these e-cig companies owned by a, a former owner of uh, eBay, I think it is. Anyway, uh, the study wow. came out and found that uh, flavorings make it no more interesting to kids. It does make it more interesting to to adults, and I will add this before I have to go because I got to get to the green news. But uh, I will add this: that if you have had a delicious, what did you call it, roast beef or chocolate cake or raspberry e-cig, you will never ever want to smoke a crappy, horrible, terrible-tasting you know actual cigarette again, Greg. I, I I did my own survey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't like it. Okay. They're marketing into children. Okay. Period. Yeah, I haven't noticed. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate your uh, your call. Let's do some green news. could have gone on for a long time with Craig. Yeah. I know we have a lot of other folks on the line who want to talk about it. We'll try to pick it up in a future uh, in a future week. But first, uh, but we have to get to the green news or we'll never get through this. And, I know uh, there's so much. There is so much. Before we go to the green, do I have time for this? Okay, this was last week's green news. I just want to kill this one more zombie lie. I had a rant in last week's green news report. We don't get to play all the green news reports here on the broadcast. So I'm going to pull out this one piece. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, clip number six, right? Clip yes. six, yeah. Clip six. Stand by uh, for they, six minutes. Not yet. No, not yet. And actually, <laughs> clip number six. Oh, yeah, you had it ready. Okay, that is the one. Just a, just a piece of the green news before we get to the latest green news report. Go ahead, clip number six. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. It was 30, 40 years ago when I would see Time Magazine covers on the global cooling to come. It scared the you-know-what out of me when they said, well, if you like lizards, get used to them. I mean, come yeah, on. I mean, that was then. What's different now? Well, thanks for asking, Neil Cavuto of Fox News. What's different now is that back in the 70s, when you pretend to remember Time Magazine covers warning about cooling, it was a tiny minority of scientists who were concerned about that global cooling, while the majority of scientists then, as now, were worried about anthropogenic global warming. In fact, there were six times as many peer-reviewed scientists predicting warming rather than cooling back in the 70s. But back then, protecting the fossil fuel industry wasn't a bought-and-paid-for interest of pretend news outlets like Fox News. Oh, and that cooling they warned about? It was based in part on smog caused by aerosols, which we largely did away with because we didn't have pretend news outlets like Fox News to lie to us at the time about a wholly pretend cataclysmic economic effect of trying to actually take care of our planet and human civilization. So that's what's different now. But thanks again for asking, Neil Cavuto of Fox News. This is your Green News Report. <laughs> so, yeah, that so. was that was last week's uh, Green News Report, uh, one of our Green I'm News I'm amazed you got week. that all in one breath. Well, yeah, somebody's got to, because I'm sick of the zombie lies. Somebody has to speak to them. Why does it always seem to fall to me? 
And to you, by the way, Desi Doyen. And all we right. have more zombie lies today. We do in today's Green News Report. Yeah, all right. Uh, by the way, if if you don't uh, hear all the Green News Reports, you can get them anytime via iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn. You won't want to miss one thrilling episode. <laughs> Here now, our latest thrilling episode of the Green News Report. It's Tuesday, July 15, 2014. One of the most urgent changes needed in the world. Huge Christian organization divests from fossil fuels. Germany pledges $1 billion to International Climate Fund. Step aside, Formula One racing. All-electric Formula E is on your tail. Plus... Of course, we're all environmentalists. We all want clean air. Um, but... Rupert Murdoch's really big butt. All of those big butts and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Because you don't believe in climate change um, at all. Uh, you made a comment. Just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. You, you I believe in climate change. No, shut up. Yeah, shut up. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, just a minute, just a minute. <laughs> uh, so, Rupert Murdoch's really big butt? Yes, yes, surprise. It turns out that billionaire Rupert Murdoch, the man whose media empire is a primary source of global warming disinformation in the English-speaking world, yeah, it turns out he's a climate science denier. Climate change has been going on as long as the planet is here. Things are happening, but how much are we doing uh, with emissions and so on? In terms of the world's temperature going up, the most alarmist things have said maybe three percent, three cents, three sorry, three degrees centigrade in a hundred years. At the very most, one of those would come from man-made, be man-made. We can't mitigate that. We can't stop it. We just got to stop building. Vast houses on seashores. Yeah, so, you know, climate change isn't really a problem. And if it is, then we're just going to move everything. That's what he says. There's nothing we can do about it. He says a six-inch rise in the seas. Well, that would knock out the Maldives. That's it. That's all we have to yeah, worry about. Yeah, who cares about them? Yeah. And the city of Miami, and the city of Norfolk, and most of Bangladesh, and, of course, all the droughts and floods and heat and tornadoes and hurricanes. But never mind all of that. We'll, we'll adjust. Yeah, we'll just deal with it. Now, Murdoch's vast propaganda campaign is having real consequences. After a nasty campaign across Murdoch media outlets in Australia, Australia's conservative prime minister, Tony Abbott, is poised to repeal that nation's landmark carbon tax. And remember, back in 2010, a leaked email from a top Fox News executive ordered the network's journalists to always cast doubt on the global scientific consensus on human-caused climate change. Of course they did. And just to continue connecting the climate change dots here, Rupert Rupert Murdoch and his entire network denying climate science. It has nothing to do with anything except for his interest and those lucky few who happen to own stock in the most profitable industry in the history of mankind in their ability to continue making those enormous profits. That's all this is about. It's all it has ever been about. But some good news. In spite of this international propaganda campaign to deny global warming, action is still moving forward. The World Council of Churches has announced it will divest from fossil fuel companies. The 
the World Council of Churches represents half a billion Christians worldwide. Chancellor Mark Oakley of St. Paul's Cathedral in London quoted the former Archbishop of Canterbury in saying, this is a matter of justice for the poor. We find ourselves, after all, on a fragile globe where the rich world is disproportionately contributing to climate change and the poor world is disproportionately suffering the consequences. The World Council of Churches is the latest to join the international divestment campaign headed up by activist group 350.org. It's modeled on the successful anti-apartheid divestment movement of the 1980s. And more action at interim United Nations climate treaty negotiations in Berlin. This week, German Chancellor Angela Merkel has pledged Germany will give $1 billion to the UN's new Green Climate Fund, which leverages public and private investments to help poor nations fund projects to develop clean energy, reduce emissions, and adapt to global warming. $1 billion. Indeed. Finally, move over Formula One racing and make way for Formula E. Formula E are all-electric race cars with backers like British billionaire Richard Branson and actor Leonardo DiCaprio. They hope it will overtake their louder, polluting cousins. After a test race at a track in England last week, the all-electric cars won over the director of racing operations for the Andretti Autosport team, who said, It's like the Jetsons. This is how the future was supposed to be when I was a little kid. (laughs) Yeah, and they're really cool. Check out the video at our website on that and much more at greennews.bradblog.com Don't forget, you can download us anytime via Stitcher, iTunes, or TuneIn. You can and should find us and follow us on the Facebook and the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. Because you don't believe in climate change um, at all. Uh, you made a comment. Just a minute, in- just a minute, just a you, minute. Just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. Never worries about his line. Never worries about his line. Or a doggone thing. He's just a bang beat, bell ringing, big paw, great bone, neck or nothing, lip roaring every time a bullseye salesman. That's Professor Harold Hill. Harold Hill? He's a fake, but he doesn't know the territory. <laughs> Just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. I believe in climate change. Shut up. Yeah. That's uh, throwing in a little Music Man for those who don't know. Music Man this week. Last week we ended uh, with Oklahoma after the Oklahoma it's earthquakes. It's the only Green News report that you'll ever hear that's got Broadway in it, too. Is my irrational love for musical theater seeping through in Is the Green so News bad? report? Is that so wrong? <laughs> My thanks to Desi Doyen, our producer. Thank you, Desi. You're welcome. Uh, to G, our great soundboard operator. To Oscar Arajo. How was that, Oscar? I'm getting better. Uh, for helping us uh, screen our phone calls this afternoon. Stay tuned for John Wiener and the 4 o'clock report. I look forward to seeing you next time. Same Brad time, same Brad channel. Until then, you can find me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog and, of course, at bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good night, America. Oh,